Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Check, check. Oh, there we go. We are back. Welcome back to Whistle Stop Bar. I wrote about the committee and how they like... Uh-oh, I lost him, didn't I? Yeah. All right. Coming back from the break. Always tough. Always tough. This is the heart of the Voice San Diego live podcast, and uh, it's where we uh, got the idea, and it's where it's where it's really thrived. So, uh, thanks to everybody who's come out. Um, it is an amazing time in public affairs, and it's a uh, really important time in public affairs. So, we're going to try to make it light, but also important uh, things to discuss to get right into as well. So, uh, let's uh, first uh, make an acknowledgement. This is uh, Greater Golden Hill. Someone, and I'm not going to say who, but someone on our invitations said that this was North Park. And it was Andy, I think, that did it. Uh, Andy Keats, Andy, he doesn't know the... Yeah. So let's just be clear. This is Greater Golden Hill. Welcome to Greater Golden Hill. There is no such thing as South Park, Right. Uh, all right, he is the managing editor for Investigations of Voice San Diego and the co-host of the equally important podcast, Rock Docs. It's Andrew Keats. No, that's me, that's me. You go one more. Hey. Doesn't feel on. There it is. There, there it we is. go. All right, great. You glad to be in Greater Golden Hill tonight? This is where I live, everybody. We're in my neighborhood. Feels yeah. great. Yeah. Welcome to Andy's neighborhood. Uh-huh. All right. She is the managing editor for Daily News at Voice San Diego. She's the mother of miniature schnauzers. <laughs> well, I mean, she takes care of She's the guardian. <laughs> she's our resident. She's Mosa. She's Andrea Lopez Villafaña. What's up, Lopez? 
You go next to him. Yeah. What's up, up Lewis? Lo- What's up, Lopez? How are you? I think you've educated 400 <laughs> older people about what chisme means. Yeah. Well, what chisme means white to people. me. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Do you, you feel like the job is done? Like we're good now? No, I still think it's worth uh, repeating and definitely getting new subscribers to Cup of Chisme if you want to Who gets know Cup of Chisme here? Ah, uh, we need more hands. If you're we not getting hands. Cup of Chisme, you need to. It comes out every set, uh, Sunday. It's a great product. It's a rundown of news and just uh, what's going on in her head. There's a lot of interesting stuff right now. All right, coming up on the show tonight, we will be discussing the latest in the homelessness crisis in San Diego. The mayor has changed his mind about safe camping sites. Will he create enough of them to justify a massive crackdown? Huh? Uh, Nathan Fletcher is set to officially resign next week. You don't think so, huh? What exactly will he do? Will he show up? Will he make a speech? And what happens when he does? And the Metropolitan Transit System, which he helped lead, is now itself in a bunch of different messes. We will talk about that. We will get an insider's take of what's going on as well. Uh, a new group led by a billionaire and a historic local tribe want to drop a major league soccer team in San Diego. Uh, the le- <laughs> Wow. Booed soccer, right? Yeah, there's, no. <laughs> there's, there are soccer fans booing the arrival of the professional soccer team. It's a little complicated. It it's a little complicated. We're going to have to get into this one. The lesson you never know, knew you wanted about how soccer works, that's all coming up. I would like to welcome a couple guests. They're going to come talk. We'll focus on some of the things they want to talk about as well, but they are welcome to weigh in on all these topics. He is a National City Council member and board member at the Metropolitan Transit System. Marcus Bush, come on board. And he is the president of the San Diego Loyal Soccer Club, Ricardo Campos. Hello, everybody. How great is it to be back, huh? Look at this place. Look at all you absolute nerds <laughs> jammed into this place. Speak for yourself, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Lopez is pretty cool. Ricardo's pretty cool. Mark is cool. Yeah, it's just you and me. It's just this side yeah. of the table. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get right into it. So the mayor announced yesterday that he is uh, and the city staff is going to prepare to set aside two plots of land in Balboa Park. Uh, as safe camping sites, uh, places where people can go. Also, as part of his ongoing effort to pass a new ordinance and crack down on encampments throughout the city. Uh, This is really interesting to us because last year when we asked him about potential opening of uh, safe uh, uh, camping sites, of places where people could go, especially at 20th and B, where they have uh, right over here in Greater Golden Hill, right? That is in Greater Golden Hill, absolutely. Uh, That... uh, we had asked last year about them, and they said it wasn't possible, just not possible. They said the site is currently in use by city operations. It's not available. This was last year, as quoted by Lisa Halverstadt, uh, David Rowland, the spokesperson for the mayor. He only, said, only the slightest bit of contempt for our suggestion in the, there was, in the explanation Yeah, there's got to be impossible. some context here, yeah. right? Yeah. We've been talking about homelessness as a crisis, and we were talking about, like, 
what can they do to address this, treat it like an emergency? Yes. And we brought up opening safe lots or what that would look like. And they looked at us like that was bananas. Well, one of the things, as you podcast fans know, that I've been talking about, like the to me, the individual tents that people have on the streets represent their actual desire for shelter, that their actual, you know, sort of way of pushing for cover and shelter. They don't want to be in the elements and that it would be wise to try to channel that as opposed to tear it down and push them around that there, there must be a way to channel that human urge for uh, shelter and, and community and, the the gathering of multiple exactly. tents together. It is a sense of community that it's not just a roof over your head, but having people around you that you trust that you uh, feel safe with regardless that uh, that is part of what's going on. And so it might make sense to set aside places for that so that you can justify uh, other actions that may need to take place to clean up other places. But uh, they were not having it. He said, even if it were not in use by city operations, the site has numerous challenges, including flooding issues and conflicts with Charter Section 55. Because it is on dedicated parkland. The right. 20th and B, which is the uh, home to the city maintenance yard at the bottom of the very steep B Street Hill, if you don't know it, that is technically in Balboa Park. Um, and you know, you can see why it being on dedicated parkland is an issue, uh, for it to be a safe campsite because, you know, naturally the use for a dedicated parkland is the city maintenance yard. Yeah. That's, yes. you know, typically. Well, there's a lot of Balboa Park. I'm sure Park that's what that the charter section is, 55 had in mind was, I mean, uh, repairing street sweepers. Can you imagine using Balboa Park for anything but parkland? No. Well, and first of all, like horrific. there are no homeless people camping in no. Balboa Park. I, it, it, I mean, it might as well put a landfill there. Can you imagine doing that? I mean, like yeah, if you had like, yeah. like think about all the things that you could imagine hypothetically being in Balboa Park that would never happen, like a freeway. <laughs> Uh, a, a, like a, a trash dump, a naval hospital that's like heavily secured. Never let that yeah, happen. Like that, that, that stuff wouldn't happen. Yeah. So we're uh, our tongues in our cheek, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, then um, you know, our Lisa Halverstadt's here. She does great reporting on that. Every shout out to Lisa. <laughs> she just she just texted me lot o lot o lot o oh, oh. oh yes we need to we need to. Uh, I thought she was saying like zero, like yeah. like there's something it was directed at us yeah. in some way, but no, she was talking about. Had Lotto. anybody ever heard of Lot O before yesterday? Oh, stop it! I don't need to oh, hear. Uh, Vanessa say. here is in the audience is proudly we, raising her hand because of the Navy, right? Yeah. Oh, lot, oh, lot, ah, that's ah. fair. That locals, so, that's where well, you get really local. Right, <laughs> we like, are at Whistle Stop. We're getting hipster about how we refer. To this new section. It's so, not o lot O, it's O-Lot. There is this yeah. hidden parking lot in uh, that is now leased by the Navy that the, the city, or no, that's right. That's right. Okay. So uh, it's available and the mayor wants to use it uh, as the second spot for this. And if they open that up, they will reconsider the use of the 20th and B spot. Now, um, our photographer, Ariana, right here, she does a great job. Say hi. <laughs> She uh, uh, she hiked down there with Lisa the other day and got some great photos. You can see that at voicesandiego.org. Now, um, we were curious at the mayor's change of heart on this. One of the things I, I think is an important principle is that we shouldn't hammer public officials if they change their minds. If they, if they come at it through like a, a truly sincere process, that's something we should embrace. He said, uh, quote, I've had reservations about safe sleeping approach. 
But much like I'm asking unsheltered individuals to avail themselves of the options that are provided, I have to hold myself to the same level and say, okay, this isn't ideal, but it's better than what's out there, and we have the ability to move and make this possible, and we're going to do that. I think that's a really interesting point. Like, he's, he's saying, like, I'm asking people to change their perspective on what they don't want to do, so I should do that as well. I'll take that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and unreservedly say I'll take that, right? Fair? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. no, no notes. No notes. No yeah. notes. Um, <clears throat> I hope that makes them somewhat happy. They're a little mad about a couple other things. We'll talk about that later. Uh, are we going to talk about that later? Well, maybe. <laughs> right. no, maybe. Yeah. I guess so now, right? Yeah. Uh, I did get the sense that there was like, there was a, because, you know, th- this all was precipitated by a, an idea to open a safe, safe camping site at Inspiration Point. And that was opposed by many of the institutions in Balboa Park. Um, the front door to who, Balboa yeah, Park. Fam- <laughs> right. Who famously said that Inspiration Point was uh, the front door to Balboa Park, which is a view shared by no one. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I've always thought of it as the front door. But I, I do think that there was like an undercurrent of dissatisfaction with the when they the city announced that they were going to go to 20th and B Streets and Lotto. Just that like... They didn't want the Balboa Park institutions to win. Yeah. Even even if they could concede that maybe this is a better plan, they they like just wanted to win the fight. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, so certainly I understand that the Balboa Park institutions support this now, and and it seems all, altogether better. But I I I think there was a sense from people who supported the Inspiration Point idea that they didn't want to let it go just on principle. Yeah. Because because the argument in favor of it was so dishonest. Yeah. There is still a lot of, we can't have homeless people setting up tents in Balboa Park to our crown jewel. Yeah. As though that's not happening literally at that site right now. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, Marcus, I have a question for you. You're a uh, city councilman in National City. The mayor the other day got fired up because he said that the city of San Diego is the only one doing anything to house or shelter people who are unsheltered right now. And that he's not going to do that anymore. He's not going to put up with that anymore. He was fired up. Did you feel bad? Or? Yeah, but I think there's some <laughs> legitimacy there. I think the city of San Diego is doing more than a lot of cities out there. So there is some legitimacy to that. I'll say for National City, I mean, there's literally a homeless shelter going next door in my backyard, literally. And I support it. So uh, I, I don't know that he knows about some of those things. I don't think he's broad-brushing broad necessarily. I mean, he was, but I, the, I, I get what he was trying to, trying to do. What, what's the situation in National City right now? I think it's the same in all cities, right? Like we, we see the homeless crisis is across like the nation. So we see it um, on the sidewalks and just going to the stores. Like, and it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about, like, um, you know, you'll see someone talking to their self and, and it, and it feels threatening almost. Um, but I feel like what's missing in the dialogue is just that humanity, like the folks that are, you know, tripped out, they're self-medicating, right? There's a fentanyl crisis. Like there's like, we're just not looking at it at a, a human level part of it. But the other part of it too, is this, it's just, it's so complex. There's no quick solution. I think we have to make tough decisions. There's a nimbyism component to it because when you talk to like, for us as politicians, our residents, the ones who vote and really participate because a homeless 
the, the, the unsheltered uh, community don't necessarily aren't that politically engaged. So they don't have as big a voice as homeowners and those who've been here for generations. And so we don't really get that perspective. Everyone wants to say, no, not here. It needs to be another community. And that's like the tough conversations we need to have. I think there's a lot of people in town, in the region that are really set on the idea that there's one type of homeless people that are they're, they're, they want help, they need help, they just fell into homelessness, and we'll take we should take care of them. Then there's another uh, another group that just doesn't want any help. They can't. They they're they're lost. And I think what we lose is that there is a there is no distinct group. You don't sign right. a you don't check a box. You could very easily be in this group and and a few nights in the cold uh, with the threat of assault, the threat of uh, you know the lack of sleep. Imagine not sleeping well for three weeks. That could lead to a whole different uh, experience of uh, and and suffering that uh, uh, people are struggling with. Absolutely, and I think you make that point well. So um, uh, l- let me ask you about this: a national city is considered a, a a more affordable place to live. But one of the things I'm gathering string on is a, a column I'd like to do that's just about how bad and and expensive rents are right now. And I don't think people have really grasped, especially those who have a set mortgage for uh, years and years, just how expensive it has gotten here to live and what it takes to go from, say, a homeless uh, experience to a house, like the literal tens of thousands of dollars that that requires you to build up. Um, can you talk about what National City is going through right now? Is the, are, are you seeing the rents uh, and, and the anxiety about the rents uh, go up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So National City, we're 70% renters. And I think one of the really tragic things um, about our story and, and where we're at right now, we actually had a rent control measure in 2018 proposed as Measure W. It failed by the skin of its teeth, out, got outspent 10 to 1. And we all know who the folks that outspent us. It was the real estate industry. It was landlords. And so um, like, we have to have that difficult conversation about capitalism about you know greed about like should should we as a society really um continue this profiting off of housing should are we ready to say housing should just be a human right um so and i think uh national city isn't i i will give a shout out to the city of san diego what they did on their tenant protection ordinance like that's a huge step right so i think we need to do more of that. But at the end of the day, we need rent control, or if you want to call it rent stabilization, we actually have rent stabilization for uh, homeowners nationwide, or not nationwide, excuse me, sta- statewide. We, we have that. It's uh, prop, oh my God, I'm blanking out on the proposition right now that, that protects, that decreases the um, amount that rents or that mortgages can go up year over year. Help me here, guys. 10%. Yeah. What is it? Prop 13, Prop 13. That is that 2%. Th- thank you. So, so that, and that's property taxes. Sure. But oh, if you look at that, that is, that is capping that that's a protection for homeowners. And so that's, so we have that cap for a certain category of people and we're saying, okay, this certain category of people can have it, but that can't be extended to renters, for example. So it's those kind of um, conversations I think we, we need to have. Fair enough. Uh, we, we could debate, Rent control, but I'm going to stick away from that. But there, <laughs> but for national city, if it, so to answer your question too. But we're, we're on the there's a market rate side of it. There's uh, the affordable side of it. The incentives, so tons of statewide incentives to increase density around along, among uh, transit corridors. 
But what that does too is there is a set aside for affordable housing. So it's not necessarily perfect, but I've seen the benefit in National City with more affordable um, income restricted units. So that's yeah. been the benefit too. Got it. Um, we got a lot to talk about with you too, though. You are on the Metropolitan Transit System Board. Uh, obviously, go. yeah, let's go, right? <laughs> Take a sip. There's a, we have a note here uh, on our script. It, it, it says, real quick recap of what happened to Nathan Fletcher. <laughs> so, you want to take so, that so on? I guess we'll do that now. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. Uh, so we are expecting that in uh, five days, he will resign from the County Board of Supervisors. There is a theory that he won't, but... I think it's pretty clear that he will. We yeah. could we could bet on it if you we'll want. Just, yeah, we're taking we're taking bets in the uh, smoking section in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Pass your bets through the window. <laughs> odds, uh, maybe set yeah, some odds. Odds are, are okay, um, one that he will Yeah, last we heard from him. Last we heard from him, he said May fifteenth. Yeah. That's what so we his family insists that's the case, uh, and that they won't accept anything else. Now my question is whether he'll actually make a statement. Uh, how far advanced. I do think it's interesting as well, the Metropolitan Transit System, after some pressure from some local journalists, uh, agreed to uh, pursue an independent investigation about their handling of this, who knew what and when. And um, I think that's a really important thing that uh, MTS is going to have to deal with for the next few months is uh, how did they deal with the complaints that came uh, how? What did they know? When? And uh, and then were they systemically ready to deal with it? Did they let his attorney uh, try to put away something that they should have dealt with as a workplace uh, harassment uh, complaint? Now, those are all questions. I don't expect you to break any confidence about closed sessions, uh, but I am interested in what your understanding is of that investigation and how open and independent can it be uh, without actually costing MTS millions of dollars in liability? Well, um, so that's the risk, right? The liability. But at the end of the day, it's it's about finding the truth, right? And so, yeah, yes, you're right. I can't talk about closed session and reveal too many details. I also just don't have those details because we just started with the independent investigation. Part of why we have an independent investigation was because of community and the media because they uh, put pressure on us, and that's that's what we need to do. What I'll what I'll share, what I can say is, I found out as an MTS board member, I found out about the scandal, what the um, about Grecia, who yes is a victim. Um, I found out about that in the media, and staff knew about this before I did, and I was not informed by staff, and that's a problem. So I said that I've said that publicly. Um, that is also something that we need to investigate what exactly staff knew and what that's not to, I'm not trying to prejudge, but I am being honest and saying like that, it doesn't look good. It, so I, we need to know what they knew and why they didn't inform the board members or at least myself. And there's other, <laughs> board <members. laughs> other board members. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually curious. So, you know, uh, some of these regional agencies end up, um, being weird cases because you you have a full-time job your role as national city board member is a part-time job itself 
And then a part-time job of that part-time job is your appointment to the Metropolitan Transit System. This is true. Um, this is true. This, all this is true. And, you know, so, and, you, know, and you, you end up seeing this often at these regional agencies um, where the staff of the agency can lead the board because they have Absolutely. access to complete information. Absolutely. It's they systemic. Have, they have resources. They have ability. And I'm not even necessarily saying that they do this you know, malevolently, like they, or malevolently, that this this could simply be the case that like they expect you to have oversight roles, but not to have complete understanding of policy A, B, or C, right? And so, when you're in this position, what do you expect the you know the the flow of information to be when you hear about these sorts of things? What's 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 like your as a board member? What's your expectation for? Hey, something bad happened. We don't have a we don't have a full investigation yet. Um, we're uh, you know it's going to reach you eventually. How do you expect to hear about that? When do you expect to hear about? That? I mean, it's pretty simple. It's just communication. So it's um, it's something like that. I would expect within twenty four hours. If if you know that's just me, but it, it's just the communication that didn't happen. At least for me, I've heard from when I other board members I've talked to, it didn't happen with them. So that indicates to me that it's a systemic issue. I think my critique of our organization, MTS, is it's really old school. And so it, um, you know, just operates kind of, it's been insular. The, the thing that transformed MTS years ago was AB805 and the makeup of the board, and that increased the transparency. So, like, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's just transparency being open. I think there's a reluctance in government to, and just everywhere, right, society, to have uncomfortable conversations and we just we just need to put it out there and and set the expectations there you know there's things that happen in closed session I, and I, I get that that's legal protection but there's a lot of conversations closed doors that it's not clear why you know why are we doing this and why is that happening and um i think in government overall retaliation happens a lot like i see it in politics and so we need to talk about that because it's it's hard to prove and there's a lot of reasons why we as elected officials do the things we do. And some of it is intimidation and some of it's fear. I have to be real with people and talk about that and, and say that and, and just put that out there. And I think the more that we have those open dialogues with the public and those conversations, then it's like, you know, people can understand and then you can actually track where mm, the, if there is something that is um, corrupt or something that is someone is doing it for profit or something yeah. inside, then we can detect that. So you, you mentioned AB 805. We, we often think of that as the one that reformed SANDAG that changed the, the oh, vote. It did, yeah. yeah that it changed, a revolution. <laughs> it changed the voting, uh, weighted vote on SANDAG so that uh, essentially the larger cities, Chula Vista, San Diego, and, and I guess just one other, can make policy decisions and go forward with their, with their mandates um, but it also uh, said that MTS itself could pursue independent tax measures to fund its own um, transit uh, hopes and dreams. And the former chair, uh, Georgette Gomez, uh, was my former boss, full disclosure. That's right. Was about to pursue a tax to fund MTS improvements and transit improvements. And uh, she decided to run for Congress. And, and th that sort of fell apart. There was a lot of things that the, the, the pandemic. pandemic didn't help. Yeah. But uh, uh, so just filling that in. Now, you said you, you faced some retaliation 
I got to ask, like, what, what, do you, what comes to mind when you're thinking about what retaliation you have to face up? Well, I'm not saying I, like, I'm, like, honestly, I'm trying to think of a specific instance where I've faced re- retaliation. I'm saying it's the fear of retaliation. So just giving an example, one of, the, um, and, I, and I, I said this in public at our city council meeting, permits, right? Everyone's having trouble with permits where they're trying to get an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit, granny flat built in their backyard, or whether it's affordable housing developers. I work at um, Mac Projects, so I'm a project manager because, like Andy said, I'm part-time, so I have to have a full-time job. I get paid 26000 and it's still almost like full-time hours um, at, at uh, city council. So I, I then have to, like, I have to work another uh, another job. And so I work at Mac as a as a project manager. So there is delays with with cities, and and it's across the board. It sounds like with their with their permits. So when it's conversating with uh, developers or even residents, they don't want to flag the concerns with a lot of us elected officials because they are fearful that they are going to get retaliated against. That um, a staffer is going to start. Uh, giving un- unfair, unjust scrutiny on their project and find something and then just stick with that. And the thing with retaliation is that it's almost impossible to prove. So it's always going to be some other reason and justification for it. So that's just one example, right, of the things that happen and kind of that 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 fear that, that we all, like as, as politicians, like we're we're all trying to get reelected, right? And that's what I, <laughs> like, right? What? So we want support. I know, right? I'm amazing, right? Like, but and so we just got to be honest about that and like and so what I try to do is think to myself because I could see um, I could see I could feel I, I've just been elected since 2020 I can feel power affecting me and changing me the proximity power right I try to be honest about that and that's why I try to have a lot of friends that hold me accountable and friends and family like when I get home at the end of the day. You know, my, my family basically, I ain't shit, you know, like, so they tell me that and they're honest with me. And so that helps kind of lower all the, sometimes we get too big headed and we come become obsessed with um, how much uh, Facebook likes we get or Instagram follows or um, the media exposure we get. So we just, we just have to be real about that. And yeah. what, what are we doing this stuff for? Yeah. I never get uh, big headed. Uh, no, I'm very humble about that sort of thing. Same, me too. Yeah, you, yeah. you and yeah. me. Yeah. We, attention could be take or leave it. And right? he's like not humble at all. <laughs> can, can I say this real quick? We we didn't we missed it in the beginning. Feliz Dia de las Madres to all the mothers. So Andrea, she's she's a mother. Uh, so Her schnauzers. Yes. Yeah. Still thank you. Thank you. So yeah. So I, I hope that. to be a stay-at-home mini schnauzer mom one day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never leave. Um, I want to lighten the conversation a bit, so... I know, God, it got so dark. I know, it got really dark. (laughs) Have you been retaliated against? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Lightening up the conversation a bit, so National City uh, recently lifted its 1992 ban on cruising. Um, Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Um, I wrote a story a while back about, um, like, why National City was still stuck with this ban, and I've kind of watched the conversation unfold um, throughout the years with different groups coming to the city council saying like get rid of this ban it's racist it it's like you guys are no longer even enforcing it so like why even have it Um, and it seems like there's lots of drama lots of problems but finally lifted Um, but my story focused back then on national city's approach to the conversation of the ordinance 
which was closely tying it to large events. Um, how did you guys kind of untangle that? Because it seems like that's what was stopping, maybe not, but I mean, you got you have more perspective. How we um, how you got entangled past the that conversations, was yeah. there was an election. So <laughs> the folks that were doing that were former Mayor Alejandro Sotelo Solis, former council member Mona Rios, and now Mayor Ron Morrison. So they were a block. They wanted it tied to the events. And the United Lowrider Coalition, the community, they did not want that. They did it as a compromise to try to get something done. The rug got pulled from under them. And just like backstory, hopefully everyone knows. So cruising, how it's legally defined, it's it's the act of driving twice in the same direction within a four-hour period on the same segment of street. Everybody does it. Everybody. Like everybody does that. So it's so it was used, let's be very clear, and that's it's up and down across the state and other countries have that. It was used to target black and brown folks. That's that's what it is. And I think a lot of people didn't want to have that conversation. And so now with the new election, um, with uh, the election of council member Dita Siumani and uh, council member Luz Molina, we had the votes and that's how the conversation changed. And Ron Morrison, to his credit, flipped. Yay. So he did that. But let's be real, too, and honest. He was kind of responsible for implementing the ban. He was, as uh, before he got elected, he was out there supporting the ban in 1992 when I was four years old. So, yeah. yeah. Oof. Did, but now I, he supports it. Yeah. So, well, so, so good for him. Uh, I, so I'm happy. The, the, the official ban was uh, was lifted, what, like two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. about three. So three weeks ago. And, oh, Did, sorry. like, lowriders descend yeah, into national say. city and there was mass chaos? and. Yeah. Like we didn't know what to do with all the hype, all the permitting, the music, yeah. and the. I'm, you know, it's just like so. You know, we we hear so. Might there be problems? Are there problems sometimes at any gathering? Yeah. So, but I was just at the Padre Dodger game this past Sunday, and there were fights. I saw it. Nobody ever says let's cancel the Padre and Dodgers because they're fights. But yet we're going to say <laughs> let's cancel cruising and let's stop let's stop this entire group of people and punish everyone for a few fights. Um, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. So. so you mentioned 1993. You remember... Okay, 92. Remember uh, uh, Back to the Future, he goes back to the past. So uh, in that sense, he goes back to like 1955 in the, in the 80s. Well, if we went back the same distance from now, it'd be uh, 1993. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry. Well, this is why he's not a stand-up comic. Oh. <laughs> On that note, I need a volunteer. <laughs> you got a volunteer out there? I got a little game for the audience. I need some of you. are going to get a, a get, tote bag. Get prizes and cool stuff. I got a cool, uh, cool tote bag. We're going to get some better merch, I promise you. But uh, we've right. got one. Yeah. All right, come, all right, come on. on up. Come on up. All right. Brave soul. Brave soul. Right here, right here. All right. Uh, what's your name? My name's Patrick Rollo. Patrick? Yes. Uh, what part of town do you live in? El Cajon. El Cajon. All right. East County. Right. Alcohol East, East County. County. All right. All right. What do you do? Uh, I work in IT. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for coming. Uh, you. Are you ready for this? It's a battle. Not really, but I don't really know what I volunteered for. It's, so it's we'll a, see how it goes. It's an obstacle course of true-false statements. You have to decide if the statement is true or false. Are you ready? Yes. Don't do you, give him the answers. No, no. We will. Price we will, is right style. Price on, is right rules. Yeah. We will let him... Let him handle the question for a second, and then we'll let you weigh in. Okay? Fair enough? Got this? All right. All right first one. 
True or false? The NFL and Major League Baseball are leagues that are made up of franchises with individual owners, but Major League Soccer is just one single company, a large LLC. New owners don't buy new teams, they buy a share of that company. True or false? True. Anybody want to weigh in? We good? True. Bingo. It is true. Good job. Patrick, right? Good yes. job. Yes, thank you. One You're, for one. One down. One Until one. yesterday, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ricardo, we'll talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Ricardo, start warming up. To the yeah, let's see. You, I stretching don't know. on the side. Next, something's coming up yeah, for you. Yeah, here you go. All right, true or false? San Diego once had a professional soccer team named the San Diego Jaws. It was named after the movie Jaws. In 1976, great year for birthing young podcast hosts. <laughs> the team played in front of a crowd of 18,000 people at Balboa Stadium against the New York Cosmos and its star soccer legend Pele. True or false? All right. I'm hearing a true in the audience. So I'll, I'll go All right. right let's weigh in. True or false? There was, there was no... No space given for that answer from the audience. All right, what are you going with? I'll go with true. That was too much detail. It is true. San Diego Jaws. <laughs> yes. 18,000. Balboa Stadium. Balboa Stadium. I still think that's a great venue for, uh, for some of this stuff, but uh, not going to happen, right? All right, true or false? The actor Adam Driver was born in San Diego. True. It is true. It is true. All right. Look at Patrick here. Look at the big brain on Patrick. Crowd help. <laughs> All right, he's on a roll. True or false? The mayor is pushing for it. Well, this is true. We'll just go to the next one. The mayor is pushing for a new ordinance that would ban homeless encampments within two blocks of certain institutions like schools and, and shelters. True or false? Encampments are already illegal in all parts of San Diego. Allegedly true. Allegedly true. Anybody want to weigh in? True or false? It is true. Encampments are already illegal. In the city of San Diego. Look at the big brain on Patrick. I love that. <laughs> Avid, what, IT for the Union Tribune? What do you do? Healthcare IT. <laughs> All right. True All or right. false? If the San Diego Housing Federation Affordable Housing Coalition is successful and voters approve a new real estate transaction tax, sellers of a $1.5 million home would have to pay a fee of about $2,600 to help fund affordable housing projects in the city of San Diego. I don't know if they've settled on the amount of the threshold, but I'm going to go with true. Yeah. It, is, it is false. The actual fee would be 1.75% of 1.5 million, which is $26,000. Sorry, Patrick. All right, all right. I think he got what? Uh, wait, wait, what is every, what are you booing about, you people? This is just Matt. What 1.75% of, of, of 1.5 million is? This is as simple as it gets. This is, this is uncontroversial. All right, one of the accusations against County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher is Arguing that about division. <laughs> one of the, yeah, it's multiplying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I just got that. Oh, that was a good one. I like that. All right. Nobody, nobody held me accountable on these questions, so sorry. I hope this is all right. 
One of the accusations against County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher is that the day after he allegedly groped a public relations specialist for Metropolitan Transit System, he grinned at her in an uncomfortable way at a press conference. Now, true or false, the press conference featured an Argentinian official with a fantastic mustache who was here to accept trolley cars MTS was donating to a city in Argentina. True. True, it's correct. Good job. Fantastic Spanish. It was a too. beautiful mustache yeah. too. Yeah, you did. You did and, like his Spanish. Quite and the public relations person was translating for him. Yes, translating adding for him. to that. Yes. You have not missed a story in months. Uh, yeah. That's Subscribe true. and support your local <laughs> journalism, folks. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> I should have. You, I could see the, your confidence for volunteering. Never this pick is... the guy who raises his hand <laughs> yeah. first, right? All right? True or false, whoever finishes Fletcher's term will only be able to seek re-election once. True. Anyone want to weigh in? False. It's false. true. It's considered a full term, what he would get into, and then that's a two-term limit right after that. So, good oh. job. Look at this guy. More math. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good math. All right, your final one is former President Trump enacted Title 42, which allowed Border Patrol to turn away asylum seekers because of concerns about the spread of COVID-19. True or false? True. It is technically false. Title 42 has existed since 1944. He's the one who's... Whose, <laughs> whose administration decided that it applies to COVID-19 and would give the uh, Border Patrol... That power. But so. you can now feel great when you see people refer to the expiration of Title 42, which is not correct. It will continue to be in place. It just won't apply to COVID-19 anymore. Yeah. Ah. So you guys, you guys get to walk out of here no, feeling superior to all kinds of people in your life. New stations. Why else are you here? I think, I think let's, let's boo Paige, or Patrick. He did a Boo terrible job. Yeah, terrible job. Boo. <laughs> no, seriously, great job. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for reading and listening. Hey, well done, man. That was great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what else do we have for Patrick? <laughs> yeah. Now, what else do uh, we have for Patrick? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Uh, tomorrow, that order is expiring um, as it relates to Title 42. Uh, there is uh, alerts going around to emergency responders across the region right now about how that might affect their services. Uh, I overheard you talking with our photographer about the border. What are you hearing about how things are going and what to look for? Yeah, so um, Ariana standing over here. There we go. <laughs> um, she has a photo essay oh, coming out uh, tomorrow, and she's been out there for... She's been going for two days, and she's going to be there tomorrow, and she's been watching what's been going on. It's a lot of um, waiting, a lot of people um, coming from different countries. She mentioned um, Egypt. Um, Jamaica. Jamaica. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of people, hundreds of people, kind of just sitting there waiting, looking at those images that she's taken um, and we've been asking the county, um, Jesse Marks over here and Lisa Halverstadt have been on top of them, asking them, what are you doing to prepare? Because they had this conversation months ago about, um, you know, last time we were overwhelmed and our shelters were overwhelmed and we had asylum seekers staying at city shelters that 
are dedicated for homeless individuals and those service providers were overwhelmed because services are much different. You're dealing with a different population. They don't have social security numbers. You know, you can't enter them into the typical system that you do homeless people. Um, so we were asking them, you know, what are you guys doing to prepare? Uh, we got a couple of funny answers that we talked about in the podcast yesterday, but it's still pretty up in the air. I think people don't know what to expect tomorrow. Um, some people are preparing better than others. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so the, the mayor's office wanted us to address last week's conversation where we we were frustrated with his response that uh, it was uh, uh, the Congress's deal and that they had to pass comprehensive immigration reform uh, to solve this, which is one of the most complex and difficult pieces of legislation they've ever tried to pass, and they haven't had any success at all. So it felt frustrating that that was the only response. And they wanted to point out that he has done more than that, which is uh, that he has also been asking for resources from the federal government and doing that a lot. So you got it? Do you guys get it? All right. There we go. Well, that is now clear. I have now made that clear, right? Yes. That he has been asking the federal government for resources. For two things, resources and comprehensive immigration reform. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just that. Yeah. Got it? All right, we are going to take a five-minute break, and we're going to talk to Ricardo Campos about what is happening with the situation in soccer in San Diego. It's been fascinating. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's Program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Are you looking to engage with regional decision makers, business leaders, elected officials, and industry professionals committed to improving downtown San Diego? Join the Downtown San Diego Partnership. As a member, you'll receive access to exclusive resources, exposure to special programming, networking functions, and additional opportunities unmatched by any other local membership-based organization. Join the driving forces behind the future of downtown San Diego. For a 10% discount, become a member today. Welcome back to the Whistle Stop. Let's go. All right. We would like to talk now about uh, something in the news. So uh, 
who here's a fan of San Diego Loyal? Woo! So, who here is a fan of the nascent MLS bid team, uh, yet unnamed? Uh, oh, I can't believe it? somebody cheered. Mohammed Mansour, billionaire. Who's a fan of billionaires? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's a good start. Hey, it's a good maybe, start. I'll take that. Uh, Unless they donate. To yeah, maybe they. Maybe he wants to fund a, a soccer beat. I'd be up for it. Let's yeah. go. So. Um, there we go. Yes, that's right. Okay, so let's talk for a second. So the San Diego Loyal put out a statement today, Ricardo. Yes. Uh, where you? It was. It was because of this uh, massive media appearance you were doing, probably. Right? Absolutely. You needed yeah, to make sure. Here, so. Yeah, yeah. Made, make sure that uh, uh, the the scene was set. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm going to cut through the part. This was the. This is from your uh, chairman and owner, Andrew. Uh, you want to say his last name real quick? You don't want to try it? Vasa, uh, let's kidding. do it. Vasiliadis. Vasiliadis. Yeah, there we go. You did great. Uh, he said, quote, we have become aware of an independent ownership group that intends to launch their own club in San Diego. Our unwavering commitment is to the vision of growing soccer in the city, and we want to make that abundantly clear. San Diego, we are one with you. Our love for this city runs deep. This is our home and we are proud to be part of its rich and diverse fabric. Our plan is simple. We are not going anywhere. No, no. A Leo from Wolf of Wall Street gif in, yeah. in the presser's <laughs> press release. Right. That's We're not right. going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe that was used. Yeah. yeah that was, was there a word? In the company Slack, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So let me ask you. Um, Let's just set the scene. There, there has been some reporting, and we've all been hearing, that an Egyptian billionaire uh, com, uh, has partnered with uh, Sikwan uh, to pay the fee to get into MLS. We talked about how it's a big company. You don't buy a team. You invest in the, in the company. Uh, that investment fee has gone up a little bit. Inflation's hit everybody. It's gone from uh, $25 million to... 500? Correct. Well, this, you know, this that is, is reported. Like, it's like gas and yeah. milk. It just it goes up. Uh, Stru and structurally. It's yeah, just it's like, just uh, it's you Biden. These, it's you these Joe Biden's America. You got these stimmies <laughs> coming in. You're not going to uh, buy into MLS for a, a, a penny south yeah. of 500 million. Uh, so they, they have been, they've, they've been talking, and they confirmed, I think, somewhat that they were having negotiations with the San Diego State University and Snapdragon Stadium to play soccer there. Uh, now, talk to us for a second about you are part of the USL. Uh, this is the MLS. Uh, tell us about the difference and about your club's uh, hopes and dreams about how things would go over the next few years. Absolutely. So first, thank you for having me here. Um, for those of you who don't know what who San Diego Loyal is, we started in 2020. Uh, we are a club that was funded, uh, founded and funded by uh, a local San Diegan, Andrew Vasiliadis, uh, whose family has been here. Um, dad moved, moved from Greece, gave up on a, on a career in soccer to move here, build his own you know, commercial uh, residential management um, company. He's been very successful. And then Andrew kind of took on that that part of the family to to give back to the community from a soccer perspective. So club was funded in 2020. Great year to start a team. Uh, 
<laughs> sold out first game and then COVID. And so it was a, a really tough year the first year, but the, the core of the club is community first. And so I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt the group earlier, but there are a lot of things to the three subjects that were talked about that we're directly involved with. Uh, we're partners with, with Humble Design, which helps the homeless when they have moved out and they've secured a home and they help you know, furnish that house and there's a 98% rate of success when they get their own furniture to not go back to homelessness. So they were a significant partner for us. We were, you know, we're partners with MTS and that infamous uh, press conference, we were there, right? So like just relationships <laughs> with people who are in this community. Wait, 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 what? You were at the press conference with the Argentinian guy? No, 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 no. Oh. We were just present in, in when it happened, right? Like uh. unaware completely of what's happening. But these are real local partners for us. Um, and then I'm forgetting what was the last subject that we Lowriders. Lowriders, yes. So when this happened last year, we brought the lowriders to to our game, and we had them displayed at the plaza in our game, and like welcoming them because these are real issues that are happening in our community. And when we talk about being a community first club, it's it's finding ways to give back to the community first, and for them to see what we're doing, and then come and try out a game because they'll feel like part of it. So sorry to not go to your question first, but I just wanted to set yeah. the scene a little bit of what the club is about. To answer your question about USL and, and MLS. USL is classified as second division soccer, which is a, a second division to major league soccer. Um, the best way I can describe the difference is the way that the college football system is very focused in the community and building a, um, a community around that team in a college town. Uh, MLS is major league. And so they have you know, a $500 million check to, to, just to write. And they have bigger targets to try to bring things together from a financial perspective. And so sometimes... Not that the community part is missed, but it's not the main focus is from a different perspective. So USL, again, the focus is to start in the community and build it from there. And that's been 100% our approach. I'm Brazilian originally. I consider myself a San Diegan now. But clubs started around the world are about that. They're started in a small neighborhood and they grow because they represent that community in that small neighborhood. And they grow, grow, grow to the point nowadays that some of these teams are, are global companies. You, you're implying that you can't just drop a team on a city. You know, I think he answered for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not into a mic, though. Uh, yeah. Which isn't great for podcasting. <laughs> uh, so, the, when the Loyal came around, the, um, you know, the, to set the stage, that was just after 2018. There was a ballot measure. There were competing ballot measures, one of which uh, set the stage for what became Snapdragon Stadium. The other was for a previous, or as part of a previous bid for an MLS team, uh, which, boy, the voters of this city did not like that idea very much at all. It did poorly. Um, and it was, it was not that long after, you could, you could tell me how many months, but it seemed pretty quickly after that the uh, folks associated with, the loyal, with what became the Loyal at that time was just a, a, you know, a, a, a future USL team. Uh, reached out to us and said, we want to come talk to you about this thing we're putting together. Um, at that time, you know, you, everybody was very careful not to ever say that there were aspirations to become an MLS team. Yet it was also mentioned to many, many times that other USL teams had grown into MLS teams um, and sort of, in, you know, it, it was meaningfully mentioned as a thing that has happened multiple times. So can you help us understand how much of that growth possibility has been in your mind over the last two years since 2020 and how much does this development change what your 
business plan was in San Diego? That's a great question. And I was employee number one for Lowe's. So I was very mm-hmm. much part of that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the creation of the club right after uh, the, the vote didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple phone calls happened of like, okay, that didn't work. Let's go start a team because we can show that this market is viable for a team. Because that was a lot of the question, a lot of the conversation around that is, is this the right market for a team of that level? Yeah. Um, and so Loyal in many ways set out to, to prove things wrong of like soccer can exist here professionally because we haven't had teams. We've had people competing in this market at a youth level, adult leagues, people watching. We're top rated in, in the nation, top three in the nation for every major league competition that happens. So there's a lot of people engaging in the sport, but why haven't we had a team? So that was part of the conversation as to why we wanted to come in in 2018. Um, and then it actually happened in 2020 uh, when there was one stadium going away and then only one stadium to play in. And we played it and we continue to play at USD. Mm-hmm. Um, the focus was not so much to get there, but to build a club that is a reflection of the community. And that's why I keep going back to that because there's a lot of steps that we have taken that don't yearn like immediate results, right? Relationships with Chicano Federation, San Diego Pride, the YMCA, those are not things that we're doing to get immediate results to grow really fast and become a major league soccer team. Our goal has always been let's see where this takes us, but Let's do it the right way. Let's make sure the community feels like we're giving first and then asking them to come experience our game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like especially the past two weeks, we felt that. We got an award from Chicano Federation last week for their partners, their marketing partners, their community partners for the year. And then we're getting the, the Harvey Milk Award uh, this week from the uh, LGBTQ Community Center. So, yeah. Well, so like... So we, well, let's stipulate here that it's, it's implicit in your statement that MLS is coming to town. Seems, seems like everybody knows MLS is coming to town. They get to have their press conference next week or whenever it is, but we don't have to treat that like much of an uncertainty at this point, I would say. Um, so things have changed in this market quite a lot from when you guys launched. At the time, the discussion was, well, San Diego has the highest World Cup ratings of any big city that doesn't have a team in MLS. This is an obvious low-hanging fruit to put a team here. And at the time, you were the only ones. You were the only team. Since then, forgetting in the MLS, we also have the San Diego Wave. (laughs) San Diego Wave play in Snapdragon Stadium and set a record and then broke their own record and then set another record a third time for attendance for a professional women's soccer game. Um, like 30,000, 35,000 people, serious attendance, right? So now we've got the Loyal, we've got whatever they're going to call this new team, we've got the Wave, which are, you know, absolutely uh, on that level of, of, you know, professional level soccer. Um, How much does that change the market as far as what you guys need to succeed? We're talking more about soccer, Mm -hmm. right? And so for us, it's about growing the game in many ways in a market that has been underserved from a professional level. So having the wave here has been great. Mm-hmm. has been great. They, that game that they, that they were, they, they broke the record for 30,000, their home opener at Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. We also sold out the same day. Yeah. So it's for us, the more, the better. And it continues to grow the game at every level. There's a lot of kids here who grew up and have left San Diego. Joe Corona is a great example who left, went to play for Trolls, went to play for America because he didn't have a game, a team to play for here. So being able to bring him back and play for us was a dream come true for him in, in many ways. Yeah. And there are a number of players who continue to leave because they didn't see that. So it's wonderful that there's more pathways for these kids to develop and become professionals. Yeah. And the Cholos, you know, the when in Tijuana, the early days, especially, where they there were 
a lot of the stories about how many people were coming from the U.S. crossing the border yes. to go watch games there. Um, I've done it, do. you and you, you know, late at night, you come back at midnight and you're seeing people in Cholo's gear coming back. Um, how much are they competition? How much are they a relevant, um, you know, uh, uh, part of this market in terms of teams that you're competing with, or they, people you're competing with for fans? They've been great partners for us because they see it the same way. Mm-hmm. We've had friendlies here. We've played. We've had closed door friendlies just for for training purposes. They we've played every year. Almost this year was a little tricky because we got our schedule late. We couldn't find a way to work the World Cup at the end of last year. You know, messed up everybody's schedules to be honest. Um, but we've played them every year, and there's there's still an opportunity for us to play this year. But we've both seen it the same way. Of the, it's just growth of the sport. Mm-hmm. More kids playing it. More kids seeing an opportunity to to engage with it. And more parents get involved with the game. And even, you know, you guys bringing this subject here and talking about it because a lot of times it wasn't because we didn't have it at that level. All right. The half billion dollar question. <laughs> nice wording. Yeah. It's <laughs> random. Uh, uh, reportedly. Yeah. Reportedly. Um, the half billion dollar question is, is there any chance, and I know you can't share discussions that you've had, but is there any remaining chance that the loyal is part of what announcement comes next week or whenever? That's a great question. Uh, and I answered uh, this question today to our, we, I have a monthly call with their season ticket holders and I got that same question. And I would say we need two parties to be willing to work together as, as always for any partnership um, and our doors open. Yeah. It's not a no. Not a no. I don't know. Did you hear no? <laughs> has, has there been any um, experience of a USL, level one USL team uh, in the same city as an uh, MLS team? There are some examples uh, of teams who currently exist. Miami is one that has a Miami FC and Inter-Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are teams in close proximity, but the teams might be have different names like Orange County. And then there's the two LA teams. What, like um, Louisville and Cincinnati? Close enough. Yeah. Uh, there's Colorado. There's two teams mm-hmm. about an hour distance. So there, there is some proximity. This depends on, you know, some teams call themselves a little bit different to, again, that focus that I talked about of like leaning into a market and having a specific culture that you're leaning into so that you can grow that base. Would you ever consider moving to North San Diego County to sort of give you a little bit of space? North, South, there's, there's opportunities south, in yeah. that, that we're having conversation there as well. Ooh, hello, South. <laughs> <laughs> We've done something. You got any, you got any land? Yeah. Well, uh, get a, just, a primer wanna, on the surplus land act. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to take a second and, and acknowledge, uh, it's an awkward time for Ricardo to come and, uh, they have spent a lot of time, just grinding to meet with people, to build a, a community, uh, to, they, you did a story about how they worked hard to, uh, try to do an event at Chicano park, had to move that around. They worked hard to make sure they were part of every part of this community. And, uh, and, you know, we're, we're all uh, a fan of, of things that, that are built here and, and, you know, we're part of that community as well. So thanks for, uh, during a really intense time for your business, coming and spending some time with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I need uh, I need another volunteer. Patrick, stand down. Okay, <laughs> we know Patrick, that you know you're good. Patrick. All right, you cross the threshold. Uh, now I need a volunteer. Come on, let's I go. Saw a hand over here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell us your name. Dahlia. Dahlia. And what part of town or region do you live in? Um, I'm in Rancho Penasquitos, which uh, is a little bit north. Yes. Uh, PQ, uh, we PQ. play them in softball a lot. It's tough. Uh, they beat us. Uh, 
No big deal. I haven't I'm, been thinking. I'm about excited it. for the live podcast where you suggest some sort of like organizing body of local youth softball as yeah. a guest. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, you want to do that? There's a lot of questions I have for them. Um, <laughs> all right, Andy has put together uh, a a question for you. Um, Andy, all right. We 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 touched upon on some of this stuff. So all right, Snapdragon Stadium opened last year at the site of the former Chargers Stadium with a capacity. For 35,000 people, which of the following teams does not play its games at the snap? Is that what we're doing? Are we doing the snap? <laughs> I kind of like I just kind of just did it. So, snap? Yeah. Is that just you? I know. I think you can't just do that. I think other people oh. have done it. I think other Stop people. trying snap? to make snap we'll play, happen. Uh, the snap. Are we yeah. okay with the snap? Yeah. 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 Uh, it works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cues. I just, the cues. Like, yeah, there's people. There were some thumbs down out there. <laughs> some just real thumbs. Some like aggressive. <laughs> the dragon's good. Yeah. No. The dragon sounds cooler. Yeah. The Are, dragon. I like the snap. Are we a dragon town? I mean, or are we at the snap town? Let's, we're at the snap can we, town. Can we be honest with ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm in, I'm in. All right, all right. Just to warn you, all right. I'm not a sports person. All right, well. Same. <laughs> this is, a, this is the right. only sports question. You can call Patrick right. for a lifeline if yeah. you want. Just, I couldn't even come up with I, fake answers Patrick's probably mad at me that I went with 35,000. He, like, knows the actual number. Yeah. He's like, it's 34,726. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Which of the following teams does not play its games at the snap? A, the San Diego Wave of the National Women's Soccer League, the San Diego State Aztecs football team, the San Diego Legion of Major League Rugby, or San Diego 1904 FC of the National Independent Soccer Association? 1904, because the... SD thing. SD, yeah. The last All right. All right. 1904. That is correct. 1904. <laughs> what, Ricardo, is, uh, is, is 1904 still active? Are they, are they defunct? Are they active? Are they in a holding pattern? Funny enough, I was part of naming that team in 2017, 18. Um, I don't believe under the name 1904. Okay. All right. Well. I thought you made a team up. <laughs> it's it's really just no, S is the nineteenth number is and then D is the yep. fourth. Yeah, uh, OB has its own like fifteen oh two. Yeah. All right, we're off of sports. All right, take a take a deep breath. All right. Thank you. All right, the Port of San Diego selected the developer one H W Y one in twenty sixteen to rebuild downtown Seaport Village into 2.7 million square feet of mixed-use development and public space. The project has encountered some problems, but the agency and developer are still pursuing it, and they hope to break ground by 2026, a cool decade after selecting the developer. (laughs) (laughs) That's the break ground it's going to take 10 years, hopefully. Uh, which of the following statements is not true about Seaport Village? Okay? Okay. Which one is not true? The initial projected cost was $1.2 billion, which has since grown to $3.6 billion. That's a tripling. That's a triple. That's 3X. Yeah. That's A. B. The initial public subsidy was projected at $0.0 which has since grown to $550 million. C, 
The project includes a 500-foot observation tower on the waterfront and a new public beach where swimmers can swim in the San Diego Bay. Or D, the downtown project would include up to 350 units reserved for low-income residents earning below 15%, 50% of the area median income. I'm going to go on a stretch and say D. D is incorrect. It does not include that. She already knew. In defense of the Port of San Diego, it is against the law to build housing on Port Tidelands. They couldn't do it if they wanted to. Yeah. All right. Last one. Last one. Good job. Two for two so far. These are, we're doing a terrible right. job of writing these questions. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's for fun. It's for fun. Yeah. San Diego music fans have for years bemoaned the frequency with which major concert tours skip San Diego. One of the following mega concerts is skipping San Diego this year. The others are coming here. Which one skipped us? Was it A, Bruce Springsteen? B, Blink-182? C, Beyonce? Hey, stop. D, The Cure? Or E, Lizzo? Oh. It's going to be Beyonce. You, you got to, no, on, on all of this. Yes, almost, that is that I almost is said Lizzo, but. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, all right. It's correct, Beyonce. Beyonce is skipping San Diego. No, no claps for that. That's not, we shouldn't clap. <laughs> People like Beyonce so much, they're like, oh my God, say, say less, Queen, skip us, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you so much thank for coming you. up. Thank you so much. Eric, let's hear it for All right, we're going to do just a quick round of final thoughts. Um, it is a big week for public affairs. Uh, we, we are going to wait and see what happens next week with the Nathan Fletcher seat. Uh, what does he do? What does he do to show up? Does he make a speech? Remember Bob Filner's speech? That was, that was something. Uh, 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 so I'm going to be paying attention to that. Title 42. Uh, we also have um, uh, uh, this big... Uh, ongoing discussion about what will happen with the mayor's uh, homeless ordinance. Will they push forward with some kind of major crackdown? Uh, and uh, at the same time, they're opening these lots. Of course, they're planning to close Golden Hall, which is the largest shelter at the moment. Uh, and one uh, we see we, uh, walk by every day. So uh, that's the one thing I'm looking for. Anybody else want to go? Uh, Ricardo, you, you got any plans for the next week? Just going to hang out? Uh, game on Saturday, if I can do that plug. Yeah, game sure. On Saturday. Welcome. Everybody's welcome. USD, 7 p.m. Yeah. Game. Marcus? I'll just say for the Loyals, I, I do hope that we as a community support them. Yes, I'm biased. I actually went to high school with Joe Corona. I ran track and uh, did cross country with him. I'm not going to say everyone says, oh, yeah, we were best friends. So we weren't like best friends, super close. <laughs> but I we have to support our community. We're super proud of him. And so just Loyals has helped us out so much. And so whatever we can do as a community to pressure, I don't know if it's SDSU. I don't know who exactly it is. But we, we, we do want them to transition to the major league soccer i'm gonna just speak for me yeah. how about let's hear it for our two guests marcus and ricardo oh let, let me say this other thing on the cruising bill um there, there's so the one thing i forgot to mention is that so this is now a statewide movement so it started in national city with mariso rosales who's a resident just did some pop-up cruises during the pandemic it's grown to statewide movement 
Assemblymember David Alvarez has a bill. It's passed the, it's cruising is not a crime bill. It's passed, um, I think, the full assembly. Now it's moving on. So keep keep watch of that. That's um, a, a statewide movement now that started locally right here in National City. And it's just, yeah. it just spread. And it just, it shows the power of grassroots bottom-up organizing. So big shout out to United Lowrider Coalition for making that happen. And Lopez, you got anything? Uh, well, we'll be paying attention closely to everything going on tomorrow and any sort of follow-ups. Um, but yes, make sure you're subscribed to the Morning Report and Cup of Cheese Me. Yeah. Uh, and give her your tips and ideas and feedback. She's, uh, it's her job to make the Morning Report as interesting as possible. Everybody here for Lopez. <laughs> you got anything? Uh, we're coming up on the end of our fiscal year. Yes. You know what we could use is money, a lot of it. But my salary, his salary, her salary, all these other people's salary, we could use some money. I, uh, I, do uh, I know everybody here is a supporter, so thank you very much. But if you have any possibility to give a little bit more, we always appreciate it. Yeah, I would uh, like to highlight one thing. So um, uh, have anybody, has anybody noticed over the last two or three years this podcast, the quality of it has gone up significantly? Yes. It, it really has. Uh, the ads... No, the ads, yeah, exactly. The ads, the uh, just the production values, the the clips that come in, all that stuff takes work. We sound better pr precisely because there's better editing as well, and a lot of that, um, all of that, is due to Nate John in the booth there. Everybody, nice. Uh, just a shout from all of the uh, uh, Voice San Diego employees out there, please. Uh, yay! Come on. Um, uh, thank you to all of the members. Who's a member here of Voice San Diego? Everybody. Yeah. yeah or, they're, they're, or else they snuck in. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, there's also some former Voice San Diego employees here showing their love. Uh, Sarah Libby is in the house. Do you remember Sarah? Uh, Maya Shri Krishna. Maya Shri Krishna, Christina Shi, a lot of uh, great voice, uh, people to see. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports Voice and have a good night. This has been the Voice of San Diego podcast, the most popular public affairs podcast in San Diego. Thanks to everyone who came out to our sold out live show. And more thanks to the great team at Whistle Stop who helped us put this show on. And final thanks to our guests for this show, Council Member Marcus Bush and Ricardo Campos. Join Voice of San Diego and support all our work at vosd.org slash podpeople. That's vosd.org slash podpeople. Scott Lewis is our CEO and editor-in-chief at Voice of San Diego. Andrew Keats is managing editor. Andrea Lopez Villafania is also managing editor. I'm Nate John, producer for the show. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.